The top entrepreneurs in the world can handle and overcome at least one of the following four things, and most, most are two or three, some all four, so here it is. One, bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy. Two, depression. Three, the highest level of anxiety you can imagine. And four, uh, four likely or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So I've not met one entrepreneur at the highest level that has not overcome at least one of those four things, most two or three, some all four. So there are no excuses. No excuses. You figure it out. So most people, most people can't handle all of those or one of those. That's why they get a job. That was Justin Breen, CEO of Brepic and best-selling author of Epic Business. And this is the Travelling Optimist podcast with Steve Odie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Travelling Optimist podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm constantly amazed at the feedback I receive about the show, and I'm so grateful to everyone who listens. Uh, today's show, we're being transported across the Atlantic to the fabulous city of Chicago, well, the outskirts, really, to talk to a special guest, award-winning entrepreneur and best-selling author, Justin Breen. Justin is the founder and CEO of Brepit Communications, a PR firm that works exclusively with visionaries and exceptional businesses around the world. His book, Epic Business, available online. It's an awesome book. Uh, it gives you 30 secrets to build your business and give you the freedom to live the life you want. Now, whilst he's a true optimist, Justin believes strongly in the power of introductions and uh, creating important relationships through those introductions. So let's give him a warm welcome to the Traveling Optimist podcast. Hello, Justin. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks. And uh, how's the future? You're six hours ahead, so you can predict my future right now. Well, it's dark I can, and it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> good, good prediction and accurate. <laughs> one for one. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, we're doing all right, thank you. Yeah, how's life with you guys? Life is amazing. Right mindset attracts the right network, creates the right opportunities. So, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we were talking off air a little bit about COVID and stuff. We don't want to talk about dwell on it too much, but obviously, it's having a massive effect on uh, people's lives here in the UK. And we were talking about um, how. Uh, downtown Chicago, for example, uh, you know, people are moving out into the, uh, into the suburbs and things. So uh, are you affected by that very much? So currently, no, um, I'm, I'm a futurist. So I, you know, I, I listen to myself on podcasts from like two or three years ago. So the things I was saying then are actually happening now. So the things I'm saying now will happen. You know, a year or two from now. So what will happen is there will be more people from the city moving to, um, I'm in a, a suburb called Northbrook Glenview area. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, 30 kilometers north of the city. So then people from the city will move here and then people from here will move out, you know, 20, 30 miles away or into Wisconsin or something like that. Because people, people want space now. They don't need to go into the, they don't need to be downtown anymore. They don't need to be congested and near their office. They can be anywhere pretty much. So they want space and kids kids to be able to roam around and breathe and that kind of stuff. So we'll just yeah. see this migration of people. So you, you, you said that you were a futurist. So what, 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 what does that mean? Yeah, so I have uh, almost no implementation, meaning like I can't build anything. I can't follow directions. Um, so I'm, I'm in three of the top entrepreneurial groups in the world. And so I'm talking to people at that level. They're, they're like, oh, yeah, people with um, your lack of implementation skills, you're, you're just futurists. You just see things in a futuristic way. So things I was saying two, three years ago, you know, five years ago, they're, they're happening now. When, when COVID started in the States in, in March or whatever, I, and I actually just reposted this today, um, 
I posted this would be the greatest opportunity for people with the right mindset, and so that's what's happened. I reposted what I posted in March, but added to it today. I'm like, well, uh, so the first wave of the first wave of investment from the outliers, uh, outlier of outliers, has happened, which definitely has happened. So my company's exploded because people are investing in, in what my company does. So the next the next wave of investments coming because there's been folks who have had money to invest. They were just strategically waiting for the time to invest, and so that time is it's coming. Yeah, uh, it's coming big time, and so I'm very excited about that. So what sort of things are they looking to invest in? What what, what are we talking about? Yeah, so in the you know in the most basic of terms, anything, but it's it's uh, new technology pivoting, um, uh, a book in getting in, in news at a high level, uh, adding employees, and so as they're reducing office space, they're investing in other things, things like that, and so um, it's really fascinating because this this first group of outliers, they're just like. You know, the, they're just the highest quick starts ever. Boom, 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 and they're just they're just figuring things out immediately. Then there's a little, you know, the next level is these folks that are a little more cautious. They have they have money to invest, but they've kind of waited to see how this this has played out since March. And now, you know, whether it's late 2020, early 2021, they're they're ready to pull the trigger. And so mm-hmm. I'm not just saying this randomly. These are the conversations I'm having with you know three to four of these conversations every day from companies that are really, really high level thinkers. They've been waiting for the right time to to get the word out about them and, and they're they're almost ready to pull the trigger. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, there is opportunities, isn't there, with when things aren't going quite right with uh in the world. And um, you know, it's it's not being heartless, is it? It's just opening yourself up to uh, other new things and and better opportunities, would you well, say? So that's an incredibly good question. Um, so, and I'm going to answer it this way because, so my wife's a pediatrician. She's in the front lines. I have numerous healthcare clients. I've had clients that have almost died from COVID. I have friends that have gotten sick from COVID. So I'm very empathetic to that. Okay. From a first hand, I see it and I mm. felt it. So I get, I'm empathetic. That said, COVID has provided the greatest opportunity ever, ever, not in, in our lifetime, certainly, but probably ever to, um, Create incredible uh, ideas, commerce, new businesses, um, but for people with the right mindset. Yeah. People with the right mindset, and so people with the right mindset, it's the the big minority, big minority. But yeah. um, they're they're the ones creating the companies and technology that actually employ the vast majority. So I only work with the very very small minority because it actually helps the very very large majority. So my my main my main business is travel. Which is an industry that's been hit very hard by it. Yep. So, what sort of advice would you give people in the in the industry who perhaps are looking at um, pivoting? You know, and I like that word actually. It's a good word. I mean, yep. I, I've I, I've done something similar, but you know, I'd, I'd love to hear what, what your thoughts are actually. Yep. So one of my clients is Missing Link. They're the top speaking organization in Africa, right? So prior to COVID, they were the top in-person speaking speakers bureau in Africa. So instead of panicking, scaling back, they create an entire global platform that allows virtual, that allows virtual speaking. And so that's what my company's helping them publicize. Awesome. So for ones with direct, you must travel. You're just gonna have to wait it out, come up with new ideas. But in terms of that actual, I'm actually talking to a um, a high level uh, travel agency, uh, the CEO. If it's either today or next week, um, so I'm talking to them about what they're experiencing and stuff. So what what I found is is that because uh, I see patterns, 
I see patterns with things. So I, you talk to enough high-level people, you see the patterns. So the the top entrepreneurs in the world. Here's what separates the top entrepreneurs in the world from everybody from everyone else. The top entrepreneurs in the world can handle and overcome at least one of the following four things. And most most are two or three, some all four. So here it is. One, bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy. Two, depression. Three, the highest level of anxiety you can imagine. And four, uh, four likely or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So I've not met one entrepreneur at the highest level that has not overcome at least one of those four things. Most two or three, some all four. Mm -hmm. So there are no excuses. No excuses. You figure it out. So most people, most people can't handle all of those or one of those. That's why they get a job. Yeah. They stop being an entrepreneur because they can't handle it. So there's no excuses. It's entrepreneur life. You figure it out. Which one did you, which one did you go through then? Yeah. So I'm the only one I haven't gone through is bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy. And, uh, and it's interesting because I'm actually, uh, writing a column for Inc. Magazine about what I just said because I posted those four things because I see patterns and I just know, I just know how to simplify things. And so mm. I posted those four things on Facebook. I don't know, a month or two ago. And, uh, we got well over a hundred comments because entrepreneurs are like, Oh, of course. And so I'm writing the article today for Inc. It'll probably publish in December. And I'm very excited about it because people think, you know, people think entrepreneur life, sunshine and rainbows. And, and, you know, my company is very profitable. I see my family whenever I want to and I do what I like to do when I really do well. And then, um, you know, life is amazing, but yeah, but I went through three of those four things and, yeah. uh, you have to, if you have to be down here to understand what to get up here, if you're not down yeah. here, you don't. So that's what it really is. That's, that's entrepreneur life. So I'm excited to share that because people don't talk about it. They don't talk about it. And that's what people, uh, it's important to talk about that stuff. So what sort of things did you, do you think you've, you've got inside of you then that, that yep. kind of helps you with yep. getting through those, those periods? Yeah. So, um, a couple things on that. One, I am constantly obsessed with learning about my brain. Uh, take all these, these tests. One that is, uh, super interesting, uh, it's called the print test. P R I N T. It's, uh, tells you your unconscious motivators. So people see the tip of the iceberg. They don't see the, um, the majority of the iceberg under the water. And so that test tells you the majority of the iceberg under the water. And so, um, my, because I'm in, again, I'm in some of the top entrepreneurial groups in the world. My, my print score, which is an 8-3, so my print score matches the top entrepreneurs in the world because the top entrepreneurs in the world have told me, oh, that's my print score. And so my number one un unconscious motivator is to be uh, self-reliant and, and achieve, to succeed and achieve, self-reliant. And so I'm endlessly driven to be self-reliant and achieve and succeed, endlessly driven. If my company's a billion-dollar company, which that's fine if it is, and it's fine if it isn't. But if it is, I'll endlessly be driven to succeed and achieve. And most people, it's it's great that most people aren't entrepreneurs or have mindsets like that because if the world was all entrepreneurs, nothing would actually get done. The world needs more integrators to actually follow through on yeah. the visionaries. So yeah, yeah. So so the print test scores eight three. Self reliant. You're you're a, you're an achiever. Absolutely. Correct. So prior to setting up Brepic. What were you doing? If, uh, I know you're in journalism. So how was that? How was that sort of slotting in, dovetailing with what you were what you were doing in in your um, 
professionally? Yep, sure. So I was a journalist for 20 years, created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. So saw a problem, <laughs> created a solution, problem solved, successful global company, clients around the world, any vertical, none, all that stuff's just landing the plane. My company solves the problem. So just saw a problem, created a solution to it. So how journalism helped me is, is journalism is extremely competitive, extremely competitive. So I got to the point where I was an editor and editor and reporter in Chicago, top one of the top markets in the world. It took me 15 years and I was rejected from basically every Chicago media organization before I got the job at, at the, yeah. the company. So that actually prepared me because again, entrepreneurial, it's, it's, uh, nothing can really prepare you for entrepreneur life because the hardest day of corporate is nothing compared to even the top 50 hardest days I've had as an entrepreneur. But it, at least in journalism, there is some similarities in terms of, uh, you know, tight deadlines, getting stuff done, getting yelled at, uh, you know, difficult hours, uh, a, a lot of people not liking you, uh, difficult salary. Like it's, so there's some things like that. Um, and then just never giving up. So yeah. there's some similarities. Do you think you, you kind of sowed this entrepreneurial seed quite early on when you're a journalist, but you didn't really know about it until, until yeah. so, something happened, at, you know, at work that made you. Oh, it's a good question. Wow. That's a really good question. You're like, you're inside my head. The, um, so I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist. Okay. I'm not a journalist who's a journalist. Big difference. Very big difference. And so when I was a journalist for 20 years, I was an intrapreneur, meaning they gave me, I was an entrepreneurial mind inside a corporate entity. So they would give me these weird jobs. They didn't know what to do with me. They had no idea what to do with me. So they'd give me these weird job titles like assistant managing editor for content or sports editor slash photo editor. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. So what I found was, is I was never meant to be in corporate, uh, since, since starting this. I was always an entrepreneur, just didn't know it until I started doing this. And, uh, so it's been good to discover that this is what I was always meant to do, but it was great to have that foundation to help me prepare to be able to do this at this yeah. high of a level. That's really interesting. We were talking earlier about Implementer, which is yep. all part of the Colby score, isn't it? Yes. Now, I'm a, I'm a, a 5663. Holy crap. You're right down the middle for the most so, part. But I, I, when I did it, though, I was in transition because I was... Oh, you're not supposed to do it then. You're not supposed to do so it. I've got to retake it. You uh, must retake that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was only in transition on the um, quick start. So your Colby score is super unusual. I've never, and I'm, I'm obsessed with Colby. Uh, <laughs> there might not be a person on the planet that, and print is a dovetail of Colby. Print is a, the next step of taking Colby. Yeah. So I'm an eight six seven one. Oh, wow. The unicorn of you, right. So your reaction for, so most people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Your reaction is a very high level reaction because it doesn't make any sense. I'm a unicorn of unicorns. Um, so most, and you are, you are too, because you have, well, you, you, you are because you have, for an entrepreneur, you have really high follow through. A six follow through for an entrepreneur is insanely high. I have higher quick start and I have higher fact finder and I'd be a negative a million uh a million cold or a million implementer if that existed or a zero. There is no zero in that, but I'd be a zero. So it's uh so most entrepreneurs are very, very high quick start, boom, 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 and they have no follow through. That's why they hire a million people. So I yeah. actually have high quick start and high follow through. So I just say it, do it, say it, do it. And then I have high fact finder, journalist makes sense. Yeah. So it's like these three extremely high scores and then implementers. And I've met three people in three and a half years that have a score similar to mine. 
it's very unusual. But I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a newbie to Colby. But actually, I really like those type of formats. Uh, I did another one uh, called Strength Finder. Yep. Um, okay. Tell me your Strength Finder. I'll tell you mine. We can do oh, this all day um, if you want. <laughs> Hold on. I'll tell well, you mine. I, I can't access it at the moment. Okay, well I can't because so I have it all over my computer. I'm an activator, maximizer, achiever, competition, and responsibility. Those are my top five. Oh, okay. But mine revolve around relationships, which is which is. <laughs> and mine don't. Do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I was thinking about this. Uh, I I found it an, an extremely helpful resource actually. When particularly helpful. when things aren't going quite right and you needed some confidence boosters and stuff. So I would, yep. I would really encourage people to go out and I mean, even doing the strength finder, just buy the book and you can get the link through the book, can't you? And, and, and that's correct. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, like you do, you just put it out on your, on your LinkedIn and your profile that's what and, I do. Whatever, yep. and and it gives people a really clear indication of it's a magnet the person you are. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm really into that. Absolutely. It's a really interesting concept. So, um, this is this is a high level conversation because uh, most people have no idea what Colby is. So when you know what a Colby, when someone knows what a Colby is or has taken it, it's a different level of conversation every time because it's not one. It's the Bible of strategic coach, which is I, I've been in that for two years. It's the top entrepreneurial organization in the world. I'm very yeah. confident saying that anyone who's anyone has either been in that or knows what it is. Um, oh, I like Dan Sullivan's books. Yeah, Dan. Dan is my hero. I aspire to be Dan. Um, he's a two two ten four, by the way. Wow. Two, two, ten, four. So the, uh, and that's how obsessed I am with Colby. The only thing I write down when I talk to people is what their Colby score is. So if you saw me typing there, I was typing in their Colby score. But so Colby doesn't talk about your personality. It's your brain strengths. And so whether you're hiring people or just want to have a real incredible conversation with them, you just, yeah. you just, it, that Colby is the, it's the, I think it's the top test that's, ever been invented really whether in school or or in life i just think it's the greatest thing ever Mm. it's a great tool actually really is endlessly beneficial oh yeah totally uh with the journalism side of things i know that your your father was in uh, world war ii right and i saw a post on social media where you you put out something of his diary uh, on uh, an event and and i i love world war ii history i'm i'm a bit of a nerd with it actually and I just wondered whether you feel that perhaps you got some of that journalism instinct in you from your from your dad's writing, perhaps. So, do you know the answer to that question, or is that just a question? No, I don't. No, no. So that's the single best question that anyone's ever asked me, and I've done well over a hundred interviews. Um, and I'm surprised you're only a five fact finder with that question. Because <laughs> so that's the single best question anyone's ever asked me. That's a personal question and an insanely high level question. So here's why. My dad was 61 when I was born. He'd be 104 now. He was. I was 13 when he died. So he was a soldier in World War II, as you said, and Korea. He was a first lieutenant, Battle of Hurtgen Forest. And uh, I've told this this story a few times, but you didn't know that, but yet you did. And uh, so he kept this diary. I don't know how the hell he did it. And uh, I found it after he died. It's my most cherished possession. It's the most important thing besides my, my family. I don't really care about material goods. but Yeah. That diary is everything to me. And, uh, and, uh, so, uh, there's a reason, there's a story flowing through me. It's because I, I write exactly like my father does. Exactly. So even though I found it after I died and he wrote it in, in a foxhole with rain pouring on him, I write exactly like he does. And it's, wow. uh, it's, uh, yeah, I get emotional thinking about it, but it's, that's just, it's just in, it's in my blood, literally, that uh, there's just a story 
in my book. Yeah. I, I could tell from that little piece that you, you put out on social media that your dad was a bit of a storyteller, actually. And I think he enjoyed writing. And Loved it, it was it was really interesting. And I wondered, what did he do after his military career? I wish we had a longer time to talk, man. Maybe we could like uh, do a two-parter on this. But um, So he was an attorney in the Nuremberg Trials. And uh, I never really talk about that. But, and then uh, he was uh, president of an insurance company. Wow. Um, his best friend was uh, Alan Dorfman, who was assassinated. Alan Dorfman's uh, his character was played in the movie Casino, the guy who was shot in the parking lot. That mm. was my dad's best friend. So my dad ran ran uh, insurance company. My dad was the the clean the clean man, the the straight arrow in that organization. And uh, so, uh, man, this is the best interview I've ever done. Yeah. So when I was six. Happy to happy to talk. I think I was six, so Alan Allen was shot. Maybe I was five, and I don't. I've never told this story, but you you, you did a good job. So uh, my dad got us out of elementary school or something. I remember and he, he yelled at uh, he, he yelled at my mom. He's like, Alan's been shot, and so they thought they were, he thought the whoever shot him was going to kill him. So he tried to hide us. Wow. Yeah. So he was a high achiever too. My dad. Yeah. My dad came from nothing. Yeah. He would be disgusted with people complaining about anything then. No, no excuses. My dad was the highest achiever, the highest. Interesting. So interesting. Yeah. But I guess it's in your DNA then. <laughs> so my dad, my dad's DNA and my mom, my mom was 27 when I was born, 34 year difference. He was in a near fatal car accident, should have died. She was his nurse. So she nursed him back to health. Oh, wow. And I've never met anyone with more hustle than my mom ever. So yeah. you combine that, there I am. <laughs> and yeah, fast forward to 2020 or 2017, I think, was it when you, you set up Brepic and well, 2018? 2017, after yeah. my job salary was cut in half, I couldn't find a job, reached out to 5,000 people to get my first five clients. So there you go. Incredible. Incredible. You summed it up, man. You just hit a hit a home run with those questions, man. Thank you for asking those. Maybe we should. Uh, maybe I'd be fascinated to learn a little bit more about about that as a as a, a parting sort of gift for for the listeners. What what sort of strategies do you think you could leave people with to lead a a, a life of passion and drive? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, these are good questions, man. So. Mindset, mindset one, having the right mindset leads to the right network, leads to the right opportunities. So people are like, who do you work with? Who do you serve? I go, I work, I work with the top 0.1% of mindsets in the world. doesn't matter if they're dirt broke or running $10 billion companies because if they have the right mindset and they're dirt broke, they'll find a way to invest. They'll take out a second credit card. They'll take out a loan. I've had multiple clients take out loans and to invest in my company because they have the right mindset. So you have the right mindset, it attracts the right network, creates the right opportunities. So byproduct of that is my company is insanely profitable. I don't do any outbound sales, none of that funnel garbage. You just you create value for the right type of person, they create value for you. You do you you you're with the right type of person. There's no there's no need for all this other nonsense. There's no need to land the plane. And so I'm just flying the plane with other people that are flying the plane. Yeah. And uh, it's really it's really great because um, that mindset that I mentioned, there's three attributes. Um, it's visionary, abundance, investment. Visionary, abundance, investment. So those people, because I see patterns, they're either running high six-figure to ten-figure businesses. They see their families whenever they want to and they do what they like to do and what they're good at. Or they're, they're not there yet. They'll be one of those people. They're not there mm. yet, but they will be because they have that mindset. So it just eliminates, just eliminates all the nonsense. And uh, so I'm on a constant quest to, to find people with that with that mindset, that's what my company is. It's tens of thousands of people with those mindsets 
creates endless opportunities, endless collaboration, endless joy. Yeah, absolutely. No, there, there are plenty of us out there, mate. Plenty of us out there. So it's a couple things. They're hard to find at first, right? They're hard to find at first. And so people like me with this mindset, they're usually, not always, usually they're aliens within their family, aliens within their community, aliens within their own vertical. So, um, but then, so they don't know what they're like, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with us? If we don't fit in, don't conform. So what happens is you find one or two out of a hundred, then those two becomes four, then it becomes eight, becomes, you know, 20, 100, then it becomes a thousand. Yeah. So then it just, then it exponentially grows because people like that, there is no competition. There's only collaboration. They want to introduce you to other people like that. Mm-hmm. And it's endless. It's endless. So what you just, I mean, dude, I'm surprised we haven't talked before. <laughs> no, I, I, I tell you, I, I'm finding this absolutely fascinating. But I, I, I know that you've got to go. Maybe we could uh, we could hook up again for a part two. Yeah, um, I'm happy to do uh, that fairly soon. Um, but um, I really appreciate your time. I can't thank you enough. It's fantastic. It's very nice to uh, to meet you. And um, thanks for your contribution to the show. And uh, yeah, no, let's stay in touch. Tremendous job, man. And I really appreciate you bringing up my my dad and my mom. So thank you. Oh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show, Justin. Welcome. Take care, mate. That was our interview with Justin Breen, CEO of Brepic. Stay tuned for part two that's coming soon. And thanks so much for listening. 